Welcome to the 100 Years, 100 Objects Christmas Quiz. We've got 20 questions which will test your historical knowledge, drawing on information from across our podcast series. So have a go to find out if you're a Lancaster luminary or a Morecambe mastermind. The quiz is split into four rounds of five questions. After each question, we'll give you five seconds before revealing the answer. But if you want a little longer, don't forget you can always pause and restart the quiz as often as you'd like. So let's get started with round one. Question one. Ancient Roman Lancaster had at least two of this type of building, which was essential to Roman life. One was on Castle Hill, while the location of the other is still not known. What kind of building is it? Our most visible, really, Roman site in Lancaster is a bathhouse. So you'd think, is this inscription recording the restoration of that bathhouse? And the answer is, well, probably not, actually. We think that this is recording a second bathhouse that we've only occasionally spotted during rescue excavations. Question two. Lancastrian Thomas Edmondson patented a machine relating to railways in 1840. The machine revolutionised train journeys. But what did this machine do? We're looking at something that is made of metal and wood. It's got three large wheels on it that turn and it's got a wooden section with two columns and a space where you can pop your ticket in to have it dated. And so the object that we're looking at is Thomas Edmondson's automated ticket stamping machine. Question three. Also in the 1840s, Lancaster cleaned up its act and began to supply clean, safe water to its residents with a new pipe and sewage system. Which Lancastrian scientist spurred on this work with his report on the state of the water supply? This letter was written by Richard Owen when he was living in Richmond Park in London in 1889. Owen had been part of a group of 13 very influential uh, Victorian gentlemen who had undertaken reports into the, um, the state of the country as part of what was called the Commission on the Health of Towns. And the aim of it was to improve the pretty woeful living conditions that people were living in in the cities um, as they were becoming more and more industrial. Question four. Glassendock was once home to a large shipbuilding company which carried out construction and repair on everything from schooners to Dutch naval vessels. What was the name of that company? James Penny Nicholson quickly remarried to a lady called Anna Wayne, whose uncle Leonard Simpson was involved in shipbuilding in Liverpool, so there's obviously a connection there. During the same year, he used his profits from his draper's shop to lease land off the Lancaster Port Commission to open up Nicholson's shipyard in Glass and Dock. Question 5. The Super Swimming Stadium was an icon of Morecambe's prom for many years. It was the home of the Miss Great Britain contest and attracted thousands of locals and tourists every year. Do you know which decade the stadium was built in? council needed government authorisation to borrow the money to buy the land. Negotiations dragged on for six years, by which time the new Midland Hotel had appeared on the seafront. 
prompting the architects to modify their design for the swimming pool. It then took another two years for the new seawall to be built, and it was not until October the 7th, 1935, that the mayor of Morecambe could lay the foundation stone for the new pool. So the answers from that first round were a Roman bathhouse, which you can find out more about in episodes 3 and 28, a railway ticket printing machine, featured in episode 46, Richard Owen, who popped up in episodes 12 and 21, Nicholson's shipbuilders, whose story you can hear in episode 80, and that the Super Swimming Stadium opened in the 1930s, which you can hear more about in episode 75. On to round two. Question six. During the First World War, the old wagon works on the outskirts of Lancaster was repurposed for military uses. What was its new purpose? When the war broke out, the British state very quickly had to decide what it was going to do with Germans, Austro-Hungarians, and then members of the Ottoman Empire who were in Britain. And there were 57,000 Germans in Britain at this time. They decide that they need to intern the men who would be of military age, that if they repatriated them, they would join up and fight the British. So the camp at Caton Road is convenient because it's an empty building originally. The wagon works close in 1908, and so it becomes this internment camp very quickly in August-September 1914. Question 7. Which Roman emperor, famous for his love affair with Antinous, had a big impact on the north of England by building a wall, which runs close to the border between modern-day England and Scotland? His full name was Publius Aelius Hadrianus. Hadrian was emperor of Rome from AD 117 until 138. He was born in Rome, but he was of Spanish origin, and he was a close relative of his predecessor, the Emperor Trajan. Question 8. Lancaster is home to one of England's oldest theatres, which opened in 1782. What's the name of this theatre? February the 1st, in 1908, fire breaks out. 14th of September, the same year... The theatre is completely rebuilt. In fact, I've got a thing here from the local paper. It is less than eight months since the Athenaeum was destroyed. Today there stands in its place a handsome new building moulded on the most modern principles and as cosy a place as mortal being could possibly wish to step into. Phoenix light, it has risen from the ashes of the old and that the grand, as it is now called, may have lengthy and famous a history as the Athenaeum is the ardent wish of all. Question nine. What product was made in the village of Ray between the 1730s and the 1870s, which was sold across the UK and internationally? Hat making probably started in Ray from the 1730s. Local, national and international, the industry lasted from about 1730 through to about 1820. However, felt hat making continued in a mechanised way after that. Question 10. Which wealthy landowning family were based at Thurnham Hall and have a square in Lancaster named after them? By the 1780s, Lancaster was very prosperous and was again short of space for building. And John Dalton put forward a plan to develop his Friarage estate as a grand new town. John Dalton named the Square Dalton Square. 
the street that now is the busy street running south from Lancaster, rather modestly described as Great John Street. The answers to round two were a prisoner of war camp, which we explored in episode 56, Hadrian, who you can learn about in episode 6, the Grand Theatre, previously the Athenaeum for those who have been listening very hard, which featured in episode 71, that the village of Ray made felt hats, as we explained in episode 57, and finally that the Dalton family, who you can find out more about in episode 37, have a square named after them in Lancaster. Round 3. Question 11. Can you name either one of the two large linoleum or oilcloth makers based in Lancaster in the 19th and early 20th century? The company's growth and development made the Williamsons one of the largest employers in Lancaster. The company's workforce had grown approximately from 800 workers in 1871 to 2,000 in 1879 and to 4,000 workers by 1911. They actually had a really significant rival in Lancaster, and they were called the Story Brothers. Most of the mills in Lancaster were owned by either the Williamsons or Stories. Question 12. Several of the items in the museum collection which relate to Morecambe feature the Morecambe Crest, often in conjunction with the town's motto. What is that motto? In the Victorian era, people talked a lot about going for a sea cure. So that's really when Morecambe started to be part of this uh, growing scene of coastal places that were associated with health. When we're up to the 1920s and 30s, it was less about sea bathing and more about the atmosphere, the sunshine, getting out into the fresh air. And this is where the slogan, beauty surrounds, health abounds, actually comes from. Question 13. What was the nickname given to the form of bicycle introduced in the 1860s and also called the Velocipede? The name refers to the uncomfortable ride it offered the user. The Bone Shaker is the nickname that the English gave to a variety of Velocipede, which was first made by Pierre Michaud of Paris in 1861. Despite the saddle and its spring, the wheels were wood, and the tyres were metal. Combined with the roughly surfaced roads of the time, it wasn't a comfortable experience. Question 14. The Edwardian period witnessed a craze for the sending of a particular product. They became the social media of their day, including the accompanying moral panic about people's intelligence and communication style. What product was this? In the era, people were conscious of the picture postcard craze. The Glasgow Evening News wrote on October 1903, in 10 years Europe will be buried beneath picture postcards. There were concerns in the era that the informality of postcards could possibly lead to a decline in writing standards. People deplored that scribbling postcards was a symptom of the busyness of the age. Question 15. In 1942, Jazz star Adelaide Hall came to Morecambe to wow local crowds. She even advised a young John Eric Bartholomew to take the name Eric Morecambe when launching his career. But which iconic Morecambe entertainment venue did she appear at? The programme we're looking at today is from the Winter Gardens in Morecambe, 1942. Adelaide was a very popular performer and well respected for her war effort. And in 1941, she was Britain's highest paid earner. An absolute coup for Morgan to have such an icon perform for them. 
So our answers in this round were Williamson's or Stories, very well done to those of you who got both, and you can find out more about both companies in episodes 88 and 68. Morecambe's motto is Beauty Surrounds, Health Abounds, which we looked at the origin of in episode 15. The Bone Shaker was the nickname for the bike, as we discussed in episode 99, and it was postcards that sent the Edwardians into a moral panic, as you can discover in episode 30. Adelaide Hall delighted crowds at the Winter Gardens, a life we dig into in episode 91. And finally for round four. In this round, we really test your knowledge as the questions get harder. You'd have to be a very attentive listener to get all these. Question 16. Which Lancashire property hosted future King Richard III many times, and was home to the man who brought down the gunpowder plot? The Harrington family, who were incumbents of Hornby Castle, were Yorkists, and obviously Richard is a Yorkist. The interesting thing about Richard III is he spent so much time here. While James Harrington had it, he was here constantly. He must have spent a lot of time walking along here and looking down the valley and everything. Question 17. In one of our episodes, we looked at an object which would have been familiar to sailors for hundreds of years. But what is a backstaff used for? So a backstaff, if you look at a photograph, is a couple of wooden triangles whacked together, basically. Uh, and it's actually a development of an earlier tool called a cross staff. And all of these things are designed to let you take an accurate measurement of an angle. And once you have that, you can find your latitude at sea. Question 18. In 1904, Buffalo Bill rode into town with his Wild West and Congress of Rough Riders of the World. But where in Lancaster did he appear? Buffalo Bill at the time was one of the most famous entertainers in the world, without any doubt. He had brought a show here to Lancaster that appeared on the Giant Axe. There were 720 people in the cast and crew nearly 500 horses. They had three trains. Each one of them was between three and 400 yards long. Question 19. What was the name of the Victorian grocer who took Lancaster by storm, setting up a chain of shops and a daily delivery service? The last shop in Dalton Square survived into the 1980s. This is a, a oversized teapot. And it last hung outside a shop on Dalton Square, which was T.D. Smith's. And it was the sign of the tea dealer and grocer. You could get bacon. You could get butter. You could get cheese. Dried fruits. They did a lot of those. Spices. Obviously, a variety of different sorts of tea. And uh, T.D. Smith prided themselves on blending their own teas. Question 20. Which pair of musical instruments traditionally accompanied early forms of Morris dancing in the 1500s? and were beautifully demonstrated for us in the podcast series. Which brings us to the pipe and tabard player. With his right hand, he's playing a long pipe, a bit like a recorder. And with his left hand, he beats a small drum that's suspended from a chord. The pipe and tabard was the original one-man band and uh, a common instrument from the Middle Ages, probably up to the 1800s. The answers to this final and toughest round are as follows. The Lancashire property we were looking for was Hornby Castle, the history of which we dove into in episode 82. 
A backstaff is the forerunner of the sextant and used for measuring angles and finding your latitude in navigation. We looked into the science behind it in episode 40. Buffalo Bill could be found at the Giant Axe playing field in 1904, as we discovered in episode 98. And T.D. Smith's was the shop we were looking for, which we explored in episode 26. Finally, that wonderful pipe and tabber music was from episode 52. Thank you so much for playing along. Your support for this podcast is very much appreciated, and we hope to see you in one of our museum sites in the new year.